grandfather used to say that if it rained while it was sunshining, that meant that it was going to rain the very next day. And that kind of proves to be true. He never said that about snow, but he wish, I wish he would have. Wouldn't that be great? Like, it snowed yesterday, but could snow today? Nobody likes snow in here? The kids, the kids are with me, right, guys? Teenagers, people in school, yeah, love snow. Love the way that that looks. Yeah, the rest of you are like, hmm. Maybe not. Maybe no snow. I have enough bread and milk, right, in my refrigerator. I do think from time to time, Food Lion calls the news station and says, look, we have too much bread at our store. Can you just bitch it that it bites snow so that everybody in North Carolina goes gets that kind of stuff? So good. Very good. Um, this morning, um, the name of the message is Numbered Bless em. Bless them. I'm laughing because my wife from time to time uses the word bless or bless them. And she, she does this a lot. Like she'll be talking about someone and she'll say, bless them. Just bless them, right? And it could be good. It could be, it could be interesting. It could be kind of, they did something that was kind of odd or, or they tripped or they did something kind of odd and she'll just say, bless them. Just just bless them, bless them, bless them, just bless them. I, I had thought about getting her some water, like in a cup, and maybe she could go to Walmart, and just bless them, you know, just kind of dip it in. I mean, we could, we could pray for it here, and she could just bless people. Um, it's, it's oftentimes, um, Quinn, who's not in the room, he often gets a bless them. You know, he'll, he'll um, for instance, um, he, he will say things to people from time to time, and, and he's kind of very direct. He gets that from his mom, and um, very direct, and, but he doesn't mean to be mean. He just says stuff very directly, and uh, sometimes it, it kind of, it's kind of awkward when he tells us about it, and he's like, well, maybe I should go back and make sure that those people are all right. That's what he gets from me going back the next day and making sure people are all right. He definitely gets that from me. But, but um, he'll tell a story like that, and then he'll leave the room, and Nicole will say, oh, bless him. Just, just bless him, right? So, so it's kind of that little deal. Um, words matter. They matter. Any words that you speak, any word that you speak, has an eternality to it. If it is a negative word, it stays. In fact, um, a negative word seems to root very quickly and the concrete is a quick, dry, concrete sort of thing and it kind of stays and it never, never moves. Positive words are also eternal. Um, so you, you say a positive word and that positive word will creep back into someone's life at an opportune moment where, where they will be in something where they really need to be blessed first instance, or their, or their um, demeanor is down, and they'll hear that positive word inside of their head, and it'll kind of bring them out of something. Uh, words really matter because they are somewhat eternal. Even if you apologize for a negative word, that negative word is still a part of that person's ministry, uh, that memory, and a part of your memory as well, even if you do that. So words really matter. And in Scripture, Words seem to have power. God tells us that words have power. So some of you in this room have, like you work out, you have muscles, you work on the farm, you, you move stuff around. I saw a group of guys move 
um, oak pallets from the back room into a thing yesterday. I mean, there's a lot of physical strength throughout this church and throughout this, this room. But I'll tell you this, my tongue is stronger than any of your muscles. It is. And your tongue is stronger than anyone else's muscle in this room. It, it has the power to bring a positive environment or it has the power to bring a negative environment. And it really is just all up to you. And it's how you actually use your brain to control this or if you don't. If you don't, chances are you're gonna hurt some people with your words. If you get in the moment and you start pounding it out, buddy, you can really be sharp really quick. But if you think it through and you start using your words to uplift people and to help people, and you make that your focus, your words can really be a powerful thing and can really change lives. God uses your tongue to change lives. I think it's a part of being made in the image of God. I mean, we could have a whole series on how the human is made in the image of God. Part of that image of God is that our words have the power to bring things into existence. If you remember in Genesis, God spoke everything into existence, right? He spoke the word and this happened. He spoke the word and this happened. He spoke the word and this happened. The only thing that he molded was me and you out of the clay of the earth that he had spoken into existence. That's it. That's the only thing that he molded in, into existence. But specifically man first, of course, right? And then he took a rib, it was the first surgery ever, he took a rib out of man and made woman, and ever since then, man has one less rib than women do. I'm really joking, that I'm not really serious, I know we have the same amount. But, uh, but actually, Adam had one less rib than his wife, because he made them one flesh. So, so he molded humankind into his image, and we are in his image. So our words can bring things into existence, not at the level of God. Like if right now, I said, filet mignon and baked potato, it's not going to appear in my hands. Right? It's just not going to be here. I'm going to have to work to do that. But if I was to say, you did a good job, that was awesome, keep doing that, or let's do this, and it's like a picture of what we need to do, those words last and they really uplift and, and they really help. You can create your environment by just what you say. I would submit to you today that there's a lot of family environments that are bad just because of the tongue. Nothing more nothing less. There's a lot of family environments that are very positive, and it's because of the tongue. It is because of what has been said, because you can bring environments into existence and out of existence. So that brings us to our scripture for today. Don't turn to it yet. We'll get to that in a moment, but here it is. In Numbers, it says, the Lord bless you the Lord keep you, and the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you, and the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. This was a blessing that the uh, priest would give at the end of a sacrificial day. So they did all the sacrifices, and right before these people were to leave, the priest would say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you, and the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. 
Now, this is kind of a dual type of a blessing. It has two strands of, of like a topic, all right? On one side is the blessed side, and on the other side is the keep side. So, for instance, the Lord bless is connected to the Lord make his face shine on you, which is a blessing, which is also tied to the Lord turn his face towards you. All those are the blessing side of this particular thing. On the other side, it's what actually God, you're asking God to do for these people. It's all in the keeping aspect. So you have in a keep you and be gracious to you and give you peace. That's the way that the priest wanted God to keep these people. So the, the kind of, it's really a poem. It has two different sides. In fact, if, if you ever do Bible trivia, and you may not because you just might not because there's probably a lot of other stuff that you could be doing that's a lot more fun. But um, there, there is like, I didn't mean that. That sounded really bad. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean. You're, you're probably doing something else, the Bible trivia every night and try to, yeah, right. Go through the cards and just see what you know about the Bible. Yeah, that's for geeks like me. So it, this, this is actually, it starts with three Hebrew words. And then the next line, which starts with the Lord makes his face shine on you and be gracious to you, is actually five words. And then the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace is actually seven words. So it goes from three to five to seven, and it's structured in that particular manner. So let's, let's um, talk about this a little bit. So first, let's talk about the blessed side. There are only two times in Genesis 1 where bless is used. Do you know what those two times are? Where God blessed what he created? He always said that it was good every day. And then on the sixth, seventh day, he said it was very good, right? So everything's very good. So what two places did God actually say bless? Well, the first one is when he created man. And he said, I bless you to be fruitful and multiply. That's more than just having children. That's also success in life. And the second time he said that he was going to bless something is the seventh day. He blessed the seventh day and instructed us to keep that holy, a day set aside that where we actually worship him. So two times in scripture where bless is used. Bless meaning prosper. Bless meaning, meaning to multiply. Bless mean, I, means I want the best for the two people and the human race that I have created. I bless them. So, bless you means to invoke favor on you, to wish you well. But it's more than just wishing you well when you put Yahweh's name in it. When you say, God bless you, there is a surety in it when you say it to someone in this particular uh, area. So, you wish that things will go well for this person. You wish, you hope you entrust that God is going to bless them in a mighty way and cause things to work out um, well for them. So turning your Bibles, if you will, to Psalm chapter 67. Psalm chapter 67. So the Lord bless you and the Lord make his face shine on you. It's the next little phrase in the blessing. So Psalm 67 verses 1 through 3 says this. 
May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Do you know that there's people in the world that God's face is not shining upon? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He loves everybody. But there's people in the world that have chosen to be his enemy and his face does not shine on them. He does not bless them because of that. To have his face shine on you is to have him look at you with the intent of doing something good. Don't you want that from the God that created you? Don't you want him to look at you and say, hey, I'm blessing you. Don't you want God to say, I am looking out for you. I want what is best for you. I am looking at you with love and intent. None of us in here, I believe, would want God to do like this to us, would we? To not have his face looking at us. In fact, there's some, something with communication and there's something that just doesn't happen. When oh, I See, I can't even do it. Can't even do it. When you're, looking, when you're looking somewhere else. Have you ever talked to your child while they are doing this? And so what do you do? All right. Look me in the eyes right here. No, 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 no. Look me in the eyes, right? Because you want them to look at you. You're looking at them. You're trying to get a message across. God's face shining on you is not only that he wants what's best for you, he wants to look at you and you look at him so he can tell you what to do in a given day, so that he can give you guidance. He wants to look at people that have his attention and he has their attention. So part of this blessing is hoping that the people that leave and go out into the world will look at God as God looks at them because they look at the author and the finisher of our faith and they follow him wherever he wants them to go. And you have to look at him and he has to look at you in order for that to happen. So may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us that you may be known on the earth, your saving power among all the nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God, and let the peoples praise you. So God's face shining on you is not just only for your benefit, but it's for the benefit of everybody around you. It's so that they can see that there is a God, that they can see that there is a God that can make them better, that there is a God that wants to help them, that there's a God that wants to love them. He is looking upon them. So his face shines upon them. So take your Bibles and turn to Psalm chapter 4. Psalm chapter 4. And check this out. There are many who say, who will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. You have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. In peace, I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. There are many who say, verse 6, who will show us some good? Who in the world will show us some good? Lift up the light of your face upon us, O Lord. In other words, show us some good. Put joy in our hearts, Lord. In verse 7, the psalmist says, You, Lord, 
have put more joy in my heart than they have when their grain and wine abound. This is a guy that has seen people in celebration, celebrating the grain, celebrating with wine, and having a joyous time, and he looks at that, and he has this thought, I have more joy than they do. I have more joy because the Lord has shined upon me. He has lifted his countenance upon me, and he has placed a joy in my heart. That stays in me regardless if I'm celebrating or not. Come on, church. Don't you need that? Don't you want that? When we go through difficult times and we're struggling with something, don't you want God to lift up his countenance on you and place a joy within you that transcends that problem you're going through? If you have ever been joyful on the inside while being sorrowful on the outside, the Lord's face has shined upon you. Because that doesn't make sense. How can I be happy? How can I be joyful when all these circumstances are going on? It's, it's physically impossible for this to happen. But when the Lord's countenance is lifted up on you, there's a joy inside of you that's eternal and it's just there. And there can be tears flowing down out of your eyes because of someone that you've lost or some situation in a hospital or, or a job that you've lost or, or, or stuff going on. But inside, there's a joy that surpasses all understanding. And people that have God's face, his countenance on them, have this joy inside of them. And it is part of what enables them to see their certain situation through to the end because there's something bigger happening and somebody really concerned about them. It's a joy that's inside, a joy that's inside. So that's the blessing. To be honest with you, I think that that's, that's enough, isn't it? It's enough for God to bless us and then God to put a joy with inside of us and God to shine his face on us and be concerned about us and look upon us. But then there's the other side. There's a bonus. That passage says, the Lord will keep you. Now, what in the world does that mean? I've kept some things in the past. Hermit crabs. I have fish at home that are in captivity. They don't know it. They don't know it. They know when my hand goes down in there and when it comes up and when I put food in, and they really like me. They really don't like anybody else in the house. They like me, probably because I feed them and they know what time I feed them. But when I come down the stairs, they come out of their hiding places and they go like this. African cichlids, they're just all over the place. My son goes downstairs, they go into hiding. He obviously is uglier than I am. <laughs> now I'm just joking. I'm just joking about that. So what does that mean to keep? Because I don't think it means keep in captivity. So to answer this question, I want you to turn to Psalm chapter 121. Psalm 121. The Lord keep you.
121. We'll begin reading. Let's just start with verse 1. I like it. I lifted my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. When this priest said, and the Lord keep you, basically what he was telling them was, hey, the Lord keep you and never fall asleep on you. My wife talks to me sometimes in the bed at night when I'm tired and I'm wanting to go to sleep. So two things happen. Either I get so irritated that I can stay up to listen to her. Come on. I am not the only person, okay? You get so, you can, or she's talking and it's just so soothing and so relaxing that I go to sleep. And then the next morning, she'll say something like this. Um, did you hear anything I told you last night? Oh, yeah, I heard it all. Well, you were snoring while I was talking to you. That sort of, I'm not sure that you heard all of that, right? The Lord never falls asleep on you. The Lord keep you day and night and never falls asleep. If someone is guarding you, you do not want them to fall asleep while they're guarding you, right? God will keep you and he will not fall asleep. Verse six, the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. In other words, the Lord keeps people and protects people. I know that there's some times in our life that we don't feel like God's protecting us. I know there's some news that we receive in this life where we feel like, oh, if God was really protecting me, that wouldn't happen. Well, that is an unrealistic world that you live in. If you feel like you'll never have any trials and any tribulations in this life right here. What this is saying is when those come on, you still have a God that's protecting you by day and by night, and he's in control of your situation. You might not have an answer for your situation, and you might wonder what in the world's going on, and the doctors might not even have an answer for your situation, but God still has you under his right hand. He's still keeping you. He's still helping you. He still has a reason for whatever you're going through. He does. By the way, it's very unfair for God to protect us at any level. It's very unfair. Not for us, for, for us and for him to do to us. Are you tracking? Because to be honest with you, the sins that you and I have committed, he should be like this and throw up his hands. Have you ever done that with your children? Right? Okay, whatever. What, whatever, Right? God has never done that to you, never has. He has kept you, he has kept you. So whatever it is, God has never said, I'm done with them, I'm done, I'm not even gonna help them with that issue. No, he's right there with you, with his right hand over you, helping you, strengthening you as you go through this time. That is an amazing thing. You see, it's the next life where nothing is going to attack you and hurt you. It's the next life. But in this fallen world, 
It is just going to happen. Verse 7, the Lord keep you from evil. He will keep your life. This keeping from evil is not that you won't be attacked by evil, but that you will not do evil. Keep you from doing evil as you sit and you dwell in him. And then verse 8, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth evermore. He will help you go out of your house, into your house with your everyday uh, stuff that you do uh, during the week. So the Lord will keep you. The next part of, of this of blessing is keeping is gracious to you. Do you know the difference between grace and mercy? Mercy is not giving you the punishment that you deserve. That's what mercy is. Every now and then I have mercy on my children, right? Every now and then Nicole has mercy on me, right? It's that sort of thing. It's just a mercy. God has mercy on me to not give me the punishment that I deserve. Grace is just giving you things that you didn't even think you needed. It's nothing that you've worked toward. It's nothing that you've really asked for. But God is just gracious to you as an individual. He's gracious to you to work out things in your life that you don't even ask for. It's giving you stuff that you do not deserve. That's grace. So mercy is punishment that you really deserve, but he decides not to give it to you. And grace is giving you stuff that, you know, you, you don't deserve. So he's gracious. So he keeps us and he's gracious and then he gives us peace. Peace. What kind of peace? You know? Is it that kind of peace? You know, what kind of peace is it? That's how it, this is the 80s. Right there. It's the peace. Just peace over everything. What kind of peace is it? Check these verses out. But the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundant peace. If you ever feel like you're powerless, peace is knowing that one day you'll inherit the land. You feel like you're powerless, but God makes the meek strong. And his kingdom is the meek that rule. It's the meek that has the promise of ruling the nations, and I have a few of them picked out. Do you? There, oh, come on. Do you? Did you know that? Did you know that you're going to rule the nations? It's going to be absolutely incredible. The meek will rule. I would personally like to rule over Russia. I will end all this voting thing once and for all. I will end it absolutely completely. I will be, be Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Just kidding, a little bit about that. But I, I have a few. So the meek shall inherit the land and delight themselves in abundance peace. Next. May you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Part of this peace is being able to see your generations. May you have peace. May you see your children grow up to have children and their children grow up to have children. Isn't that just a great thing? You know, before, before you're married, this isn't your goal, right? 
And then you get married and it's really not your goal. But once you hold your child for the very first time, the world changes. Your priorities change. Then all of a sudden it's all about them. You care less about yourself. You want them to be successful. You want them to go in the way that they should go. You want them to marry the right person, right? You want them to have children. You want to see those children. You want to hold those children and then so on and so on. Yeah, keeping in peace is that, the peace of knowing that God is in control and he's going to work some of that out for you. That's peace. Next. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they be secure who love you. Peace be with your walls and security within your towers. For my brothers and companions' sake, I will say, peace be with you. It's a protection type of peace. So the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you, the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, right? May his countenance be lifted upon you and give you peace. Now I want you to turn to Numbers chapter 6. So this blessing is at the end of the day where people have come and they've celebrated God, they've worshiped God, and they've repented of their sins. They've gone through a whole sacrificial system. The tabernacle was basically a piece of God's reign on earth in a little boxed area. They came there, they worshiped, they, they uh, celebrated all the good stuff and they confessed their sins and they got right with God. And then right before they left the, the temple or the tabernacle, either one, depending on your historical time frame, right before they left and they went back to their tents, they went back to their homes, they went back to their jobs, they went back to all of that, the priest would say, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord have his face shine upon you and give you grace. The Lord lift his countenance and give you peace. The priest would say that. Take this with you into your everyday lives. And then God says these words. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel. And I, emphatically, I will bless them. I will bless them. The power of these words was basically the Lord bless you and keep you. And God saying, if you say those words to the people who have come and celebrated during the day, they've worshiped me during the day, they've gotten their right, their lives right during the day, and they're going back out into their world, into where they live on an everyday basis, I will bless them. How many of the people in this room right now really need the blessings of God? How many of you? Yeah, we all do. We all do. And God is actively involved in your everyday life. And he wants to bless you. He's already put his name on you if you received him as your personal savior. You've got a name. You've got a name. In fact, I don't know if you know this or not, but you may get a new name in heaven that he has already 
prescribed for you. I think that's pretty neat. But I am a child of the Lord Jesus Christ. But then he'll bless me during my daily lives. There are some people in this room that you're going to leave here today and you're still going to be looking for a job. You've lost a job. You need a job. You're looking for a job. You're worried about providing for your children. You're worried about providing for your family. You're worried about the income coming in. You're worried about maybe the future down the road, actually being able to make your house payment, your, your, your electrical bill payment, and all that kind of stuff, and you're worried about that. And when you leave, you're going to be wondering if you're going to be able to get a job and if you're going to be able to supply for your family. And to this, I say to you, the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you and give you grace and give you peace. And as you leave here, go out with, the Lord is going to bless me during this week because he's promised to. And when I leave here, even though I might not find a job this week, he is still gonna bless me this afternoon and I'm gonna look for it. And he's gonna bless me on Monday and he's gonna bless me on Tuesday and he's gonna bless me on Wednesday He's going to bless me on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. He's going to bless me. Right? He's going to bless me during those days. There are some people in this room, and it's more than one, that have lost a loved one recently. There's some people that have lost an aunt, some people that have lost a granddad, some people that have lost a mother, a father, a wife, a friend, a sister-in-law cousin, a nephew that went before maybe he should have, and you've grieved over that process, and you've wondered maybe what, what is good in all of that, and this I say to you, may the Lord bless you and keep you, and may his face shine upon you, and give you grace, and give you peace, and in this passage it says that the Lord will bless you, and for you who are grieving, I think that blessing is going to come in the form of comfort. That God is in control. Maybe some of those that have passed on know, you know that they're in heaven, and he just continually pumps you with that information. There are some people in this room that are struggling with medical issues, and we could go through cancer, we could go through different things that people go through medically, and some of them are easy, right? Like the flu is an easy thing, Compared to cancer, wouldn't you agree? But nonetheless, it's a struggle. And to you, I say, the Lord bless you and keep you. And the Lord have his face shine upon you and give you grace and give you peace. And in scripture, it says that the Lord will bless you. And maybe it is through the surgery that gets all of the cancer. Or maybe it's in the treatment that you finally finish and you get to ring the bell. And maybe it's that you get to have some good days of health that he blesses you with during that season where you're going through this. And maybe it's that person that stops by your house that he sends to give you encouragement or give you something, or there's a song that comes on the radio. The Lord will bless you this week, even though he might not take the trial away, he will be there for you and he will bless you in that trial. We serve 
an amazing God. Maybe the blessing in your situation, regardless of what it is, is this, that your faith grows greater and stronger as you go through it. The Bible clearly says that God is the one that gives you faith to go the distance. See, we often think that it's our strength, our faith, our choice. We put our faith in something. We put our faith in this. We have faith for this. And there's a little bitty truth about this big and all that. Because you have to decide to put your faith in it. But here's what God blesses you with. He takes the faith of the mustard seed and he makes it into a mountain. And you did not get, you did not somehow figure out how to have a mountain full of faith. You started with the mustard seed and he came in and gave you the faith that could move mountains. That, ladies and gentlemen, is a blessing. Because there's been things that I've been up against that I'm very glad that God gave me the faith to be able to make it through. Because without him, I would not have been able to make it through. You tracking? So maybe the blessing is just faith. And maybe the blessing is joy inside, but you're still crying. And maybe the blessing is peace that you have inside, but everything outside of you is not in peace. May the Lord bless you and keep you. And may his face shine upon you and give you grace and give you peace. And give you grace and give you peace. And give you grace and give you peace. When you get back to your house and all the stuff starts piling on you, may he give you grace. May he give you peace. And may you hear that voice over and over in your mind. May he give you grace. May he give you peace. Because it's the strength of that grace and peace that allows you to make it through the next step in your life. Amen? Let's pray.